We've undertaken the eight precepts for the day. I'll give you some instruction on uh, meditation now. Just sit comfortably. If you want to sit and meditate as I talk, feel free. One of the best ways to begin meditation, especially when living in the world with all the challenges and difficulties we face in our daily lives, is to always begin your meditation with some metta meditation. That chant we just did, uh, the reflection on universal well-being. Uh, This is what we call the metta chant. Metta means literally loving kindness or friendliness or wishing others and oneself well-being. They're very much at the heart of Buddhist practice and particularly the practice of meditation. We're learning to do that which is truly beneficial for ourselves and for others. And by training our hearts and developing our hearts and minds in a way that will bring us peace and well-being. And particularly it's a good way to begin a meditation. It's just to bring up the reflection, may I be well, may I be free from suffering, free from uh, hostility, ill will, the different kinds of uh, mental and physical suffering that we experience as human beings. Uh, We're just expressing that aspiration and positive well-wishing towards ourselves first as we begin our meditation. As we live in the world, we have to deal with different challenges. Uh, Challenges of our family life perhaps, of work and just living in society the different pressures, the different responsibilities we have. We need a store of good, positive energy to deal with all of that. So the practice of metta uh, meditation, or what we call metta bhavana, bhavana, it's the Buddha's word meaning cultivation. It's the cultivation of the thought of loving-kindness and well-being. Now we need to do this regularly because all the challenges and difficulties we meet with in life tend to drain away our kindness and sense of well-being. So we need to counter that. Just think about it, say, maybe driving here today you drive on the road, maybe you keep the rules of the highway and follow 
the rules. Maybe people you don't, who you meet don't keep the rules. It would be very easy to feel some negativity or ill will towards other drivers maybe. A very ordinary situation where one might fall into ill will. Or living in the world one might try to keep the precepts as we've just um, reminded ourselves those eight precepts maybe on the normal day you might be trying to use the five precepts as a guideline for your behavior in your daily life but then what happens when other people are not keeping the precepts people have different their own different standards of behavior different sense of right and wrong some people are careful some people are not very careful in their lives and we have to live together if we don't practice metta bhavana then it's very easy to fall into this uh, sense of ill will hostility dissatisfaction with ourselves and then with others around us and we can carry thoughts of ill will like a heavy burden we carry them along in our mind and when we come to meditate we'll see this thoughts of negativity towards different people or situations will come up memories or just current thinking we have in our mind so the practice of metta bhavana is directly dealing with this and even if you don't have thoughts of ill will well it's a good prevention just setting your mind in the right mood in the right attitude for calming down and achieving more peace which is what we want from our meditation so we bring up this reflection may I be free from ill will free from hostility it also involves uh, giving forgiveness for those people who maybe have impinged upon us or affected us negatively in some way knowingly or unknowingly in the past as we meditate we are giving them forgiveness and letting go of any sense of ill will or revenge harboring a grudge and so on and this is very much the heart of meditation both the heart of keeping precepts training our speech our actions to be free from ill will and then training our minds our hearts and minds to be free from ill will on the level of negative thinking negative intentions so a very good way to begin meditation is to just spend a few minutes sharing this thought spreading this thought this attitude first with oneself wishing oneself well letting go forgiving and then spreading that thought out towards others and when we do this as a simple meditation we can see very easily how meditation is something that benefits ourselves and therefore benefits others so 
if we start to free our minds from some of these more stressful kinds of thinking, then we are happier in ourselves. And everybody who we get involved with will also benefit. This is why we come to meditate. It's because we're interested to find more peace, more happiness in our lives. And meditation or bhavana, this mental cultivation, this is where we can really learn to find peace in our minds, in our lives. And also find more understanding which helps support even greater sense of peace in our minds. These two aspects of meditation we develop together, the developing of the sense of calm, inner peace, through using uh, different meditation techniques, and then the development of wisdom, understanding, as our mind becomes more calm, more aware, we can understand things better by seeing things more clearly, seeing more clearly the nature, the reality of this body and mind as it is. And this is very important because, as the Buddha said over and over again, as human beings we tend to be caught into delusions and misunderstandings all the time, and this is why we suffer. The most fundamental delusion is this delusion of self. We're always grasping at everything as being me and mine and myself. And when we come to meditate like this, we see how that delusion forms and we see how it is affecting us. And we notice as we start to turn our attention inwards to our, watch our own mind, observe our own mind better. We see how we grasp at every thought, every mood, every emotion, every feeling, every sensation. We grasp at them all as being mine and me. And this is the source of all our suffering in life this grasping at this idea of me, mine, myself. And it leads us into all kinds of problems. We tend to do it externally as well. We grasp at the world around us as my world. And we, we use that concept all the time. This is my life, my world, my house, my family my body, my mind, my health, my feelings. So it's material things and mental things. Everything we tend to refer to as me, mine, myself. But as we meditate, we're starting to look more closely at that basic assumption or even that basic delusion that we have to see whether it is true and correct or perhaps uh, not so true. So we use meditation, this technique, to help us. So 
the basic meditations we use, uh, what we call samatha meditation, techniques to calm the mind first of all, so that we can put it in a position to see truth better, see the reality of our, our life and our situation better. So having developed maybe loving kindness, which is one of those techniques for calming the mind, then we may move on to developing anapanasati perhaps, the practice of mindfulness of breathing. Learning to concentrate the mind on the feeling of the breath going in and the breath going out. A very neutral, very simple meditation technique just to learn to direct our attention to that one object and know the breath from moment to moment as it's going in, going out. As a way of bringing our mind to see and know the present moment and know the truth of the present moment. To know exactly what is happening in the present moment without delusion, without assumptions, uh, prejudices, preconceived ideas that we might have. When we're practicing mindfulness of breathing, we're just learning to bring the mind, the attention of the mind to this simple feeling. Uh, perhaps begin with turning the attention to the tip of the nostrils. That feeling right at the tip of the nostrils where the air comes in. As you breathe in and then as you exhale, you breathe out, the air going out. Just try and find that feeling. As we practice meditating on this, <clears throat> the thing we find is that this is a very subtle sensation, but it's a very neutral, peaceful feeling. So even if you can only bring your awareness to the feeling of the breath going in, breath going out for just one or two moments before you're lost in distraction, you can appreciate how peaceful it is. You can appreciate how good it is for your mind and your sense of well-being just to let go of everything else for a few moments or for many moments and just relax following this feeling of the breath going in, breath going out. And all of us are capable, able to be aware of the breath going in and breath going out at least for a few moments before we maybe get lost into a daydream or distracted. So all of us can do this. And the Buddha didn't teach something that is very difficult or very sophisticated requires us to be very special people or something like that. He taught a very simple meditation technique just to learn how to calm the mind and bring awareness to the present moment so that we can know our mind and body in the present moment as it is. 
and just know it for as it is. So if you find as you begin your meditation the breathing is very coarse uh, or you're breathing very hard and fast, that doesn't matter, just notice that. Or if your breathing is very refined, very subtle, long in-breaths and out-breaths, then just note that. We don't have to form opinions about the breath or make it any particular way. We're just knowing the breath as it is in the present moment. And from this we can gain much understanding as well. We can see how our mood, our emotions might even affect the breath. Generally as we do become relaxed and calm, the breath becomes quite subtle, refined and the rhythm quite stable. If we have a strong emotion arise, maybe the breath becomes affected by that, becomes coarse or fast, shallow, quick. So learning to observe the breath with awareness, with full awareness, can bring us much knowledge already about the way we are. And the most important thing in the beginning is that it's helping us just to establish mindfulness and an all-round knowing of what we're doing in the present moment. The Buddha's words were sati and sampajanya. Sati means recollecting or knowing in the present moment. So you're recollecting the breath, knowing the breath. Sampajanya means all-round understanding or awareness of what you're doing. <coughs> so you know at the moment you're practicing meditation. And you use these two qualities to keep bringing your attention back to the breath and developing this meditation. And you'll find as you meditate, your mind will get distracted and start to think about other things. It won't stay still yet. It's not yet calm and peaceful. It might rush around, be very restless, or it might fall into dullness, sleepiness. So you use this quality of mindfulness and clear comprehension of what you're doing to keep bringing up the awareness of the breath to counter or go against the tendency towards distraction or dullness or restlessness. So we have to be very patient and willing to work with our own minds because they have this habit of thinking a lot. But you can see this habit of thinking a lot, you can ask yourself, well where has it got me in the past? all this sort of uncontrolled thinking. Obviously we can use thought for many things, useful things in our life, but as we meditate we see there's an awful lot of not very useful thinking. Distraction, worry, dullness. This is because we haven't yet developed very good mindfulness.
We can see, say, when we do get stressed or angry or worried, it's because of this uncontrollable thinking taking over the mind, making the mind very agitated or restless. So we're learning how to deal with that skillfully, learning how to look after our minds. Because this is the one thing we can do as human beings, we can take responsibility for our own minds, look after them. And nobody else can do this for us. And most of us would like it if some other person could make us peaceful, and the Buddha could make us peaceful, or a god could make us peaceful, or even some other person we know could make us peaceful. But that's not really possible. The only way we can find real peace is by taking responsibility for our mind and learning to train it in this way, bringing up mindfulness. This is where we de develop this real sense of well-being within ourselves that comes from the sense of calm, relaxed, knowing in the present moment. We also develop a sense of self-respect because when you practice in this way, you're seeing the true value of a human mind. The fact that we've been born as human beings, we have intelligence, we're able to know many things, we're able to train ourselves in many ways. And this is because we have a store of very good karma. We say our store of merit. The fact that we have a human mind it means we have the chance to train ourselves to find real peace and real wisdom. This is our good fortune. And as we meditate, we'll start to appreciate this more. We'll appreciate the fact that this human mind, we can train it. And so we'll start to have this sense of well-being and a sense of more self-respect, more confidence, more happiness inside because we're more in touch with our own mind and we have more control and from that we have more relaxed happiness, contentment. But to do this well we have to practice and be on our guard. It's not something that would just happen by itself, just sitting quietly one has to be really developing mindfulness to watch over, guard over your mind. Our teacher Ajahn Chah had a simile for this. He said, when you practice meditation, in order to train the mind in mindfulness, you have to be on your guard because we're constantly getting distracted by our senses. That is, we see things, we hear things, taste things, touch things, smell things. These are the five external senses we have as human beings. 
which bring information, sense objects to us all the time. We see things, hear things, smell things, touch. And then also the inner sense of the mind itself brings us different information all the time, brings up memories, images, ideas. So we have six senses that we have to deal with as we practice mindfulness of breathing. Even when you sit quietly with your eyes closed, you still have sensations that can distract you, affect you. You can hear things. You feel things in your body. You have memories pop up. All of these things can come up in a flash very quickly. And with them they bring feelings. Some sensations and sense contact we have is pleasant, interesting, draws our attention. We want to think about it more, have it more, maybe see something or hear something more. Other kinds of sense contact are unpleasant, make us want to reject. We don't want this, we don't want that. Why is there a sound bothering me? Why do I have this itch or this pain in my body, for instance? So as we're meditating, these six senses bring us different objects which stir the mind, distract us, get us caught into daydreams, get us reacting with pleasure, displeasure, satisfaction, dissatisfaction. So we have to work very hard to develop mindfulness. So Ajahn Chah said it's a bit like somebody who has a house and they have this uh, large porch or hallway and there's say six doors and these six senses are bringing in information. They're like visitors that come to the mind all the time. Visitors coming into this hallway we have. But inside the hallway there's just one chair it's like a em large empty hallway, but there's a chair there. When we're mindful, it's like we're sitting on the chair. So all these visitors come in, that is sight, sounds, taste, smell, touch, or just memories and thoughts pop up. But because there's nowhere for them to sit down, they kind of wander around, look around for a while, then they have to go out again because we're sitting on the only chair in the room. Mindfulness is like this. When you're practicing mindfulness and you're aware, you can know whatever comes up into your experience. You might hear something or taste something, or you might have a memory pop up, but you know it, and it can't disturb you very much because you have mindfulness there. You're aware. You're not distracted, you're not deluded or sleepy, you're aware. So these different objects which come into our experience as we meditate, they come and then they go away again. But we have to be on our guard, we have to be mindfulness sitting on this chair. As long as we're on the chair, then nothing else can sit down, they can't take over the mind, they just have to go away again. That's like when you have mindfulness. When we don't have much mindfulness, it's like we've vacated the chair. 
Anything that comes into our room can sit down and take over. So you see something and you start thinking about it and you get lost into that sight. You like it, you don't like it. It's interesting, it's boring, whatever. The same with all the other senses. And the same even with the mind sense, what it brings up, memories and ideas. So we have to learn how to keep mindfulness there so that we're on that chair, so nothing can really bother us. Or another simile he gave, say it's like somebody, say you're the owner of a shop, say you're a, you own a toy shop or a sweet shop, and normally customers come in and out and you serve them. But say a group of uh, teenagers come in, five or six, there's a lot of them, and they're teenagers. If you were the owner of the shop, you'd have to really be on your guard because, you know, this kind of customer, well, maybe they'll pinch something. So all the time those teenagers are there, you have to be on your guard. Can't let your eye drop, can't let your guard drop because they might pinch some sweets or toys. It's a bit like that. When you're practicing mindfulness, you're developing this ability to watch over your mind and guard against all the different thoughts and things that come up. It doesn't mean to say that you have to block everything out. You might find that very difficult or even quite stressful if you were trying to do that. But you do have to maintain your mindfulness as you have sensations arise. You hear something, you see something, you think about something. As, you know, as that object comes into your mind, you know it with mindfulness and then you let it go. You don't give it a chance to stay in your mind for very long. This is how we practice meditation. This is how we develop this sense of calm, clear knowing in the present moment. Using the breathing as our object for mindfulness. As you breathe in, you breathe out. You keep bringing awareness back to that. Then anything else that comes up into your experience, you know it, but you let it go. You don't get, let it distract you. Even feelings of dullness, boredom, or when you become sleepy, drowsy. You have to work hard to bring up mindfulness again, to overcome those mind states. Not to give in to them, not to let them carry, away, carry you away. So as you practice like this, this is the way wisdom and understanding also grows through the meditation. As you're practicing mindfulness of breathing, learning to be with the breath going in, the breath going out. And we start to see our different thoughts come up and go away. Sensations, sounds, feelings and so on. We gain wisdom and understanding by seeing that their true nature is impermanent. The Buddha's word is sabbe sankara anicca. All conditions, sankara means conditions, sabbe, all. Anicca is impermanent or changeable or uncertain. All these different thoughts, memories, sensations that come up in our experience as we meditate, 
as we keep practicing mindfulness, the one thing we can see is common to all of them is that they come and go. They're impermanent. Every thought that arises, it stays for a while and then it passes away. I mean, it just dissolves away, it disappears. Every emotion, every sound, every sight, they come, they go. They all have this quality of being anicca, impermanent, changeable. So as you carry on meditating, this is where wisdom arises. You can see in your own thoughts as you're meditating that they have this quality. That means whether it's a very seemingly important thought, something very, very important, feel like you must think this thought, or very trivial, distracted thought, or a sound, or a sensation. The one thing you can know as you practice mindfulness is that they're impermanent, they're uncertain. They come and go. Maybe you can even see it as you practice mindfulness of breathing, a thought comes up and it seems like maybe I should think about something, but you just return to the breath and that whole thought might just disappear gone. Where's it gone now? It's gone. It's impermanent. It's just a, we say, just a phenomena, phenomena that arises, passes away. Just like clouds in the sky, they come and they go. They're not lasting in themselves. Even the most important, powerful emotion that you seem to, really, you have to think it, you have to Go through it in your mind. If you can establish mindfulness, you can see it. It's still something that arises and passes away. This is where wisdom arises in meditation. This is the wisdom of seeing impermanence. And the Buddha said, well, what you can see is impermanent is also, we say, unstable, unenduring, cannot be a source of, say, lasting happiness. So you can see, you know, say you have a, a thought about something that seems really exciting, interesting, bringing you some pleasure as you think. You can also notice that that pleasure doesn't last because the thought, the image, the memory, whatever, doesn't last. So it's a way of looking at experience with mindfulness and understanding to gain wisdom to start seeing the true nature of our experience as human beings. That our, this body and this mind and the world around us is impermanent and it is unstable. The Buddha's word was dukkha, I mean it's unstable, it doesn't endure. And he said what is unstable, what is subject to change, cannot be taken as a self. So we say, not self, anatta. So we have to ask this question as we're meditating, as we have mindfulness and say a mood comes up. And we say, oh, now I'm angry, or now I'm sad, or now I'm happy. We ask ourselves, am I really this? Is this really me? Is this really myself? Because if it's something that arises and passes away, and we can watch that happening, and we can see how it's been 
brought up by certain conditions. So you have a memory, and you start thinking about it. You might say, well, this is me, I'm now thinking about this, my memory. But it's a conditioned thing that arises and passes away according to a certain set of causes and conditions. We might find we are pleased with something or displeased, happy, sad. But these states of mind, they arise, they pass away, they don't last, they're uncertain, they're not sure. So they're also not self in that sense. They're not some enduring self that is just this way all the time. This is something we have to investigate in our meditation. This is what we call vipassana meditation. Seeing clearly the true nature of physical and mental phenomena. Seeing true, truly how this body is something that's subject to change. It's a conditioned thing. This mind, what we can think, feel, and know with this mind, it's conditioned thing as well. The only thing that seems to endure through all of this is this very wisdom, this understanding that knows everything is impermanent, not self. That's where one's understanding, one's wisdom grows and it has a maturing effect on the mind and it brings the mind peace and stillness. The more we can see this, it doesn't mean to say we have to do anything about these moods and thoughts and memories that come up into our consciousness as we meditate, but we can know them for what they are. So if you have a very profound and beautiful thought, very happy thought, you can know that, you can still experience the, the happiness, the pleasure of that, but you also know it's not self and it's not sure it will change it's not self it's not me and mine because it comes and it goes or you might have a very down thought very depressed dark thought unhappy thought still it comes and goes it's not me it's not myself it's, it's a thought that comes and goes this is the kind of wisdom that Vipassana teaches us we see that all the states of mind we experience, they're not really us. They're states of mind, they arise, but then they pass away. This is not me, mine, myself. So the result of practicing this, practicing this often, over and over again, learning to develop mindfulness and calm the mind, as we do here, and then contemplating in this way, is that the mind starts to grow in wisdom and understanding. We know that the world is this way, it's like this, it's an impermanent place. We know that our own mental world is like this, it's impermanent, it's not sure. Ajahn Chah used to say, well, if you want to reduce it all down to a simple kind of mantra to develop wisdom, then just apply this to your own moods and thoughts and feelings and experiences just say it's not sure something comes up but it's not sure you don't take it fully 
to be yourself because it'll change and disappear again. It'll come and go, it's not sure. Maybe you have this strong view in your mind, strong emotion, but it's not sure. Maybe at the beginning of the meditation you feel good and then at the end you feel tired and restless, not sure. Maybe at the beginning of the meditation you feel tired and restless, but by the end you've relaxed and calmed down, it's not sure. Or as you get up from meditation, go away and do walking meditation or go and have some food later. Your state of mind can change again and the sensations and the feelings coming up change again, it's not sure. So he said if you wanted to just keep one simple meditation going all day, just keep using not sure. You can watch your mind like this. With the breath you can go not sure or just not sure all by itself. It's not sure. First it's like this, then it's like that. One thing and then another. Not sure. Sometimes I feel good, sometimes I feel miserable. Sometimes I'm energetic, sometimes tired. Not sure. If you just keep practicing, then you start to gain a higher understanding, a higher awareness of your own experience. And this is where true freedom and peace comes, where you can see your own experience is not sure. It's not really you, it's just mental states coming according to causes, conditions, they come up, and then they go away again. Not sure. So this is one way of developing the mind, using the breath as a way of developing mindfulness and then developing this ability to contemplate your own experience, to see the anicca, dukkha, anatta or the impermanent, changeable nature of our experience and the lack of a real lasting self in that. So I'll leave these words with you for the moment for the morning period. After this, um, it looks like the rain has stopped so we can practice some walking meditation for about half an hour after this. Um, if you'd like to find a spot outside the hall on the veranda or on the roads and pathways around as we practice walking meditation, we're doing the same practice. You can put your attention on the breathing, follow the breathing, or just use the footsteps, your, the feeling, the touch, sensation of your feet touching the ground as your object of mindfulness. And just keep putting your attention onto the feet touching the ground can walk backwards and forwards along the veranda or on a spot along the road, maybe 10, 15 meters, just find a place where you can walk slowly backwards, forwards, putting your attention just on your feet, touching the ground, lifting, touching the ground, the pressure of the feet. And as you do that, just notice your own mind and body in the present moment, notice how it's changing Notice the feeling of the air, on, if you go outside, the cool air. Notice your thoughts come up, different memories come up, thoughts. You might like the meditation, you might not. You might have a doubt. Why am I doing this? 
what am I doing this for? Any kind of thought might come up, but just notice it the way it is, your mind is, how impermanent all these thoughts and states of mind are. Just allow them to come up and go away as you do your meditation. So for about half an hour, until you hear the bell, please feel free if you want to um, go outside and do some walking meditation to change your posture and then come back in here at 10 o'clock for more sitting, sitting meditation. <laughs>